Book of Mosiah, Chapter 1 And now there was no more contention in all the land of Zarahemla among all the people which belonged to King Benjamin, so that King Benjamin had continual peace all the remainder of his days. And it came to pass that he had three sons, and he called their names Mosiah, and Helorim, and Helaman. And he caused that they should be taught in all the language of his fathers, that thereby they might become men of understanding, and that they might know concerning the prophecies which had been spoken by the mouths of their fathers, which were delivered them by the hand of the Lord. And he also taught them concerning the records which were engraven on the plates of brass, saying, My sons, I would that ye should remember, that were it not for these plates, which contain these records and these commandments, we must have suffered in ignorance, even at this present time, not knowing the mysteries of God. For it were not possible that our father Lehi could have remembered all these things to have taught them to his children, except it were for the help of these plates. For he, having been taught in the language of the Egyptians, therefore he could read these engravings, and teach them to his children, that thereby they could teach them to their children, and so fulfilling the commandments of God, even down to this present time. I say unto you, my sons, were it not for these things which have been kept and preserved by the hand of God, that we might read and understand of his mysteries, and have his commandments always before our eyes, that even our fathers would have dwindled in unbelief. And we should have been like unto our brethren the Lamanites, which know nothing concerning these things, or even do not believe them when they are taught them, because of the traditions of their fathers which are not correct. O my sons, I would that ye should remember that these sayings are true, and also that these records are true. And behold also the plates of Nephi, which contain the records and the sayings of our fathers from the time they left Jerusalem until now, and they are true, and we can know of their surety, because we have them before our eyes. And now, my sons, I would that ye should remember to search them diligently, that ye may profit thereby. And I would that ye should keep the commandments of God, that ye may prosper in the land according to the promises which the Lord made unto our fathers. And many more things did King Benjamin teach his sons, which are not written in this book. And it came to pass that after King Benjamin had made an end of teaching his sons, that he waxed old. And he saw that he must very soon go the way of all the earth. Therefore he thought it expedient that he should confer the kingdom upon one of his sons. Therefore he had Mosiah brought before him, and these are the words which he spake unto him, saying, My son, I would that ye should make a proclamation throughout all this land among all this people, or the people of Zarahemla and the people of Mosiah which dwell in this land, that thereby they may be gathered together. For on the morrow I shall proclaim unto this my people, out of mine own mouth, that thou art a king and a ruler over this people, which the Lord our God hath given us. And moreover I shall give this people a name, that thereby they may be distinguished above all the people which the Lord God hath brought out of the land of Jerusalem. And this I do because they have been a diligent people in keeping the commandments of the Lord. And I give unto them a name that never shall be blotted out, except it be through transgression. Yea, and moreover I say unto you, that if this highly favored people of the Lord should fall into transgression and become a wicked and an adulterous people, that the Lord will deliver them up, that thereby they become weak like unto their brethren, and he will no more preserve them by his matchless and marvelous power, as he hath hitherto preserved our fathers. For I say unto you, that if he had not extended his arm in the preservation of our fathers, they must have fallen into the hands of the Lamanites and become victims to their hatred. And it came to pass that after King Benjamin had made an end of these sayings to his son, that he gave him charge concerning all the affairs of the kingdom. And moreover he also gave him charge concerning the records which were engraven on the plates of brass, and also the plates of Nephi, and also the sword of Laban, and the ball or director, which led our fathers through the wilderness, which was prepared by the hand of the Lord, that thereby they might be led, every one according to the heed and diligence which they gave unto him.
Therefore, as they were unfaithful, they did not prosper nor progress in their journey, but were driven back and incurred the displeasure of God upon them. And therefore they were smitten with famine and sore afflictions to stir them up in remembrance of their duty. And now it came to pass that Mosiah went and did as his father had commanded him, and proclaimed unto all the people which were in the land of Zarahemla, that thereby they might gather themselves together to go up to the temple to hear the words which his father should speak unto them. And it came to pass that after Mosiah had done as his father had commanded him, and had made a proclamation throughout all the land, that the people gathered themselves together throughout all the land, that they might go up to the temple to hear the words which King Benjamin should speak unto them. And there were a great number, even so many that they did not number them, for they had multiplied exceedingly, and waxed great in the land. And they also took of the firstlings of their flocks, that they might offer sacrifice and burnt offerings according to the law of Moses, and also that they might give thanks to the Lord their God who had brought them out of the land of Jerusalem, who had delivered them out of the hands of their enemies, and had appointed just men to be their teachers, and also a just man to be their king, who had established peace in the land of Zarahemla, and who had taught them to keep the commandments of God, that thereby they might rejoice, and be filled with love towards God and all men. And it came to pass that when they came up to the temple, they pitched their tents round about every man according to his family, consisting of his wife and his sons, and his daughters and their sons, and their daughters from the eldest down to the youngest, every family being separate one from another. And they pitched their tents round about the temple, every man having his tent with the door thereof towards the temple, that thereby they might remain in their tents, and hear the words which King Benjamin should speak unto them. For the multitude being so great, that King Benjamin could not teach them all within the walls of the temple, therefore he caused a tower to be erected, that thereby his people might hear the words which he should speak unto them. And it came to pass that he began to speak to his people from the tower, and they could not all hear his words, because of the greatness of the multitude. Therefore he caused that the words which he spake should be written and sent forth among those that were not under the sound of his voice, that they might also receive his words. And these are the words which he spake and caused to be written, saying, My brethren, all ye that have assembled yourselves together, you that can hear my words which I shall speak unto you this day, for I have not commanded you to come up hither to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me, and open your ears that ye may hear, and your hearts that ye may understand, and your minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view. I have not commanded you to come up hither, that ye should fear me, or that ye should think that I of myself am more than a mortal man. But I am like as yourselves, subject to all manner of infirmities, in body and mind. Yet as I have been chosen by this people, and was consecrated by my Father, and was suffered by the hand of the Lord that I should be a ruler and a king over this people, and have been kept and preserved by his matchless power, to serve thee with all the might, mind, and strength which the Lord hath granted unto me, I say unto you, that as I have been suffered to spend my days in your service, even up to this time, and have not sought gold nor silver nor any manner of riches of you, neither have I suffered that ye should be confined in dungeons, nor that ye should make slaves one of another, or that ye should murder or plunder or steal or commit adultery, or even I have not suffered that ye should commit any manner of wickedness, and have taught you that ye should keep the commandments of the Lord in all things which he hath commanded you. And even I myself have labored with mine own hands, that I might serve you, and that ye should not be laden with taxes, and that there should nothing come upon you which was grievous to be borne. And of all these things which I have spoken, ye yourselves are witnesses this day. Yet, my brethren, I have not done these things that I might boast, neither do I tell these things that thereby I might accuse you, but I tell you these things that ye may know that I can answer a clear conscience before God this day. Behold, I say unto you, that because I said unto you that I had spent my days in your service, I do not desire to boast, for I have only been in the service of God. And behold, I tell you these things that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God.
Behold, ye have called me your king, and if I, whom ye call your king, do labor to serve you, then had not ye ought to labor to serve one another? And behold also, if I, whom ye call your king, who has spent his days in your service, and yet hath been in the service of God, doth merit any thanks from you, oh, how had you ought to thank your heavenly king! I say unto you, my brethren, that if ye should render all the thanks and praise which your whole souls hath power to possess to that God who hath created you, and hath kept and preserved you, and hath caused that ye should rejoice, and hath granted that ye should live in peace one with another, I say unto you, that if ye should serve him who hath created you from the beginning, and art preserving you from day to day by lending you breath, that ye may live and move and do according to your own will, and even support you from one moment to another. I say, if ye should serve him with all your whole soul, yet ye would be unprofitable servants. And behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he hath promised you that if ye would keep his commandments, ye should prosper in the land. And he never doth vary from that which he hath said. Therefore, if ye do keep his commandments, he doth bless you and prosper you. And now, in the first place, he hath created you, and granted unto you your lives, for which ye are indebted unto him. And secondly, he doth require that ye should do as he hath commanded you, for which, if ye do, he doth immediately bless you, and therefore he hath paid you, and ye are still indebted unto him, and are, and will be, for ever and ever, therefore of what have ye to boast? And now I ask, can ye say aught of yourselves? I answer you, nay. Ye cannot say that thou art even as much as the dust of the earth, yet thou wast created of the dust of the earth. But behold, it belongeth to him who created you. And I, even I, whom ye call your king, am no better than ye yourselves are, for I am also of the dust. And thou beholdest that I am old, and am about to yield up this mortal frame to its mother earth. Therefore, as I said unto you that I had served you, walking with a clear conscience before God, even so I at this time have caused that ye should assemble yourselves together, that I might be found blameless, and that your blood should not come upon me, when I shall stand to be judged of God of the things whereof he hath commanded me concerning you. I say unto you that I have caused that ye should assemble yourselves together, that I might rid my garments of your blood at this period of time when I am about to go down to my grave, that I might go down in peace, and my immortal spirit may join the choirs above in singing the praises of a just God. And moreover I say unto you that I have caused that ye should assemble yourselves together, that I might declare unto you that I can no longer be your teacher, nor your king. For even at this time my whole frame doth tremble exceedingly while attempting to speak unto you. But the Lord God doth support me, and hath suffered me that I should speak unto you, and hath commanded me that I should declare unto you this day that my son Mosiah is a king and a ruler over you. And now, my brethren, I would that ye should do as ye have hitherto done. As ye have kept my commandments, and also the commandments of my Father, and have prospered, and have been kept from falling into the hands of your enemies, even so, if ye shall keep the commandments of my Son, or the commandments of God which shall be delivered unto you by him, ye shall prosper in the land, and your enemies shall have no power over you. But, O oh, my people, beware lest there shall arise contentions among you, and ye list to obey the evil spirit which was spoken of by my father Mosiah. For behold, there is a woe pronounced upon him who listeth to obey that spirit. For if he listeth to obey him, and remaineth and dieth in his sins, the same drinketh damnation to his own soul. For he receiveth for his wages an everlasting punishment, having transgressed the law of God contrary to his own knowledge. I say unto you that there is not one among you, except it be your little children, that has not been taught concerning these things, but what knoweth that ye are eternally indebted to your heavenly Father. 
to render to him all that you have and are and also have been taught concerning the records which contain the prophecies which have been spoken by the holy prophets, even down to the time our father Lehi left Jerusalem, and also all that hath been spoken by our fathers until now. And behold, also they spake that which was commanded them of the Lord, therefore they are just and true. And now I say unto you, my brethren, that after ye have known and have been taught all these things, if ye should transgress and go contrary to that which hath been spoken, that ye do withdraw yourselves from the Spirit of the Lord, that it may have no place in you to guide you in wisdom's paths, that ye may be blessed, prospered, and preserved. I say unto you that the man that doeth this thing, the same cometh out in open rebellion against God. Therefore he listeth to obey the evil spirit, and becometh an enemy to all righteousness. Therefore the Lord hath no place in him, for he dwelleth not in unholy temples. Therefore if that man repenteth not, and remaineth and dieth an enemy to God, the demands of divine justice doth awaken his immortal soul to a lively sense of his own guilt, which doth cause him to shrink from the presence of the Lord, and doth fill his breast with guilt and pain and anguish, which is like an unquenchable fire, whose flames ascendeth up for ever and ever. And now I say unto you that mercy hath no claim on that man. Therefore his final doom is to endure a never-ending torment. O all ye old men, and also ye young men, and you little children which can understand my words, for I have spoken plain unto you that ye might understand, I pray that ye should awake to a remembrance of the awful situation of those that have fallen into transgression. And moreover, I would desire that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. And if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven, that thereby they may dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. O oh, remember, remember, that these things are true, for the Lord God hath spoken it. And again, my brethren, I would call your attention, for I have somewhat more to speak unto you. For behold, I have things to tell you concerning that which is to come, and the things which I shall tell you are made known unto me by an angel from God. And he said unto me, Awake, and I awoke, and behold, he stood before me. And he said unto me, Awake, and hear the words which I shall tell thee. For behold, I am come to declare unto thee glad tidings of great joy. For the Lord hath heard thy prayers, and hath judged of thy righteousness, and hath sent me to declare unto thee that thou mayest rejoice, and that thou mayest declare unto thy people that they may also be filled with joy. For behold, the time cometh, and is not far distant, that with power the Lord Omnipotent who reigneth, which was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men working mighty miracles, such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear, and curing all manner of diseases. And he shall cast out devils, or the evil spirits which dwell in the hearts of the children of men. And lo, he shall suffer temptations, and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue, even more than man can suffer, except it be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every poor, so great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. And he shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the Creator of all things from the beginning, and his mother shall be called Mary. And lo, he cometh unto his own, that salvation might come unto the children of men, even through faith on his name. And even after all this, they shall consider him as a man, and say that he hath a devil, and shall scourge him, and shall crucify him. And he shall rise the third day from the dead, and behold, he standeth to judge the world. And behold, all these things are done, that a righteous judgment might come upon the children of men. For behold, and also his blood atoneth for the sins of those who have fallen by the transgression of Adam, 
who have died not knowing the will of God concerning them, or who have ignorantly sinned. But woe, woe unto him who knoweth that he rebelleth against God, for salvation cometh to none such, except it be through repentance and faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord God hath sent his holy prophets among all the children of men to declare these things to every kindred, nation, and tongue, that thereby whosoever should believe that Christ should come, the same might receive remission of their sins, and rejoice with exceeding great joy, even as though he had already come among them. Yet the Lord God saw that his people were a stiff-necked people, and he appointed unto them a law, even the law of Moses." And many signs and wonders and types and shadows shewed he unto them concerning his coming. And also holy prophets spake unto them concerning his coming. And they hardened their hearts, and understood not that the law of Moses availeth nothing, except it were through the atonement of his blood. And even if it were possible that little children could sin, they could not be saved. But I say unto you, they are blessed. For behold, as in Adam, or by nature they fall, even so the blood of Christ atoneth for their sins. And moreover I say unto you, that there shall be no other name given, nor any other way nor means whereby salvation can come unto the children of men, only in and through the name of Christ the Lord Omnipotent. For behold, he judgeth, and his judgment is just, and the infant perisheth not that dieth in his infancy. But men drink damnation to their own souls, except they humble themselves and become as little children, and believe that salvation was and is and is to come in and through the atoning blood of Christ, the Lord Omnipotent. For the natural man is an enemy to God, and has been from the fall of Adam, and will be for ever and ever. But if he yieldeth to the enticings of the Holy Spirit, and putteth off the natural man, and becometh a saint, through the atonement of Christ the Lord, and becometh as a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father, and moreover I say unto you, that the time shall come when the knowledge of a Savior shall spread throughout every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And behold, when that time cometh, none shall be found blameless before God, except it be little children, only through repentance and faith on the name of the Lord God Omnipotent. And even at this time, when thou shalt have taught thy people the things which the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, even then are they found no more blameless in the sight of God, only according to the words which I have spoken unto thee. And now I have spoken the words which the Lord God hath commanded me. And thus saith the Lord, They shall stand as a bright testimony against this people at the judgment day, whereof they shall be judged every man according to his works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. And if they be evil, they are consigned to an awful view of their own guilt and abominations, which doth cause them to shrink from the presence of the Lord into a state of misery and endless torment, from whence they can no more return. Therefore they have drunk damnation to their own souls. Therefore they have drunk out of the cup of the wrath of God, which justice could no more deny unto them than it could deny that Adam should fall because of his partaking of the forbidden fruit. Therefore mercy could have claim on them no more forever. And their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone, whose flames are unquenchable, and whose smoke ascendeth up forever and ever. Thus hath the Lord commanded me. Amen. Pressure all around me saying, Go ahead, give in. Save your soul for another day Struggling between the enemy and the one only true friend I'm finding it hard not to slip away But then I hear you softly calling out my name Come unto me And are heavy laden And 
just unto your souls Lord, I don't deserve this wondrous mercy you have shown Yet you show it time and time again Trapped inside Satan's cold, dark embrace You are there to free my soul from sin And when I listen I can softly hear you say Book of Mosiah chapter 1 To start with this, we're going to go back to the book of Omni <clears throat> It's kind of counter, we're going backwards here but if you remember in the book of Omni, there was neighborhood, of, let's see, verses 19 and verses 25, uh, 27, 28, somewhere around in there, talks about this Mosiah. And the Mosiah that they're talking about is actually the father of King Benjamin. So in verse 40 uh, of, of book of Omni, behold, I am Alec, I was born in the days of Mosiah. And I have lived to see his death, and Benjamin his son reigneth in his stead. What's interesting, I think, to know is that the Mosiah that they're talking about when the the uh, book of Ether is delivered to is Mosiah the father of King Benjamin. And that's in verse 35. So we have the father of King Benjamin is the one who had the 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 king that united both peoples of the Mulekites and the Nephites of the people of Zarahemla. And then his son, King Benjamin reigned. And then his son, Mosiah, the second reigns after him. And then from Omni, we get the words of Mormon and he tells us how he's going to, he paraphrased all of the, the history. And then he's going to start in with King Benjamin, which he, he, he kind of talks about how he already abridged this, this record of King Benjamin and now we're starting into the, what he has abridged and it's this very end of the, of uh, King Benjamin's reign, right? When he's uh, going to hand off the kingship to his son, Mosiah. I don't know if that it's important, but it's interesting that the book of Mosiah is not the book about the one who translated the book of either. This is actually his grandson, the son. So in between you have Mosiah and King Benjamin is came before him. And then Mosiah, his, his grandfather of Mosiah is the one who translated the book of ether. So this book of Mosiah is actually his son at the beginning of the book of Mosiah. We'll start into this. Now there's a few verse. What I think is interesting when I was studying this is I have my wife's Bible or book of Mormon and I, 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 she has notes in it and highlights and I had my father's book of Mormon and I had other uh, resources. But if you looked at my father's book of Mormon and my book of Mormon and my wife's book of Mormon, my wife highlights all of the happy things and has a very positive slant. And you can look at just, and I'm going to get into this later, just the positive tone of what King Benjamin says. And then my father and I <laughs> take a different direction and we see all the consequences of the bad things you do. And it's, it's, it's a, a contrasting style. So I'm going to give you both versions of it. The highlighted in pink stuff is, is my, my, my wife's book of Mormon. And I respect that she has this point of view, this positive viewpoint, and she doesn't focus on the negative and, there's verses in here that my father and I, that apparently it jumped out to both of us and we both had it highlighted in our, maybe we were both at the same sermon. I don't know, but there's a different perspective. But the first verse I'm going to highlight is verses six and seven. For he having been taught in the language of the Egyptians, therefore he could read these engravings and teach them to his children that thereby they could teach them to their children and so fulfilling the commandments of God, even down to this present time. 
I say unto you, my sons, were it not for these things, which have been kept and preserved by the hand of God, that we might read and understand of his mysteries and have his commandments always before our eyes, that even our fathers would have dwindled in unbelief. And so why do I like this verse? We're told constantly to study the word, study the scriptures. And here's a verse that says, these things were before, well, they, they saw the people of Zarahemla. They didn't have the scriptures and they, their communication was gone. They couldn't write, read or write and they couldn't understand each other. But the people of the Nephites and, and, and King Benjamin and Mosiah, their, their people had the brass plates and all of the history and traditions of the law of Moses with them. I have a cross reference in here. I'm going to turn to second Peter 16, 21, second Peter chapter one verses uh, 16 through 21. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I connect that those verses together because it's showing you the importance of scripture. It's showing you how uh, the, the the purpose of having the word of God with you and studying it. And it is a more sure word of prophecy. And you have the words of, of men who were with Christ and they wrote down their testimony and they live even now they're, they're, they're alive in us. And we have this book, that in the Book of Mormon, these verses here that reference that even our fathers would have dwindled in unbelief if they didn't have the word. And it's just kind of important, I guess. And I'm so uh, excited to tie those two points together at this point in time. I think they fit. The next verse I want to highlight is verse 10. And behold, also the plates of Nephi, which contain the records and the sayings of our fathers from the time they left Jerusalem until now, and they are true, and we can know of their surety because we have them before our eyes. And now, my sons, I would that ye should remember to search them diligently that ye may profit thereby. So again, it ties in that verse that not only do we have them and they, they are sure and they are true, same way Peter is telling us of his words. We, I was with the guy. I saw him and this, these words are sure and they are true. And we're getting the same thing from Mosiah. And what does he say? Search them diligently that ye may profit thereby. I'm going to turn to verse 39. <clears throat> For I have not commanded you to come up hither to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me and open your ears that ye may hear and your hearts that ye may understand and your minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view. I like this verse because it, it tells you that I'm I'm talking now and I want you to listen. I open your ears, open your heart, and open your mind so you can under and for, for what purpose? To understand the mysteries of God, that they be unfolded to your view. And so this that's quite a uh an intro, right? If this was a, a thesis statement of of what we're about to hear and someone was going to deliver a sermon, it's it's telling you right now and throwing down, you know, boom, this is big. What you're about to hear, this is the mysteries of God about to be unfolded to you. So pay attention. The next verse we get into now is his proclamation. Let's see. I like verse, we didn't go very far. Verse 41, but I am like as yourselves, subject to all manner of infirmities in body and mind. And then verse 46, and even I myself have labored with mine own hands that I might serve you. And we're getting a picture of who this man was and, and what a humble uh, servant king he was. 
And then I'm going to do verse 49. And behold, I tell you these things that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God. That should be highlighted in everybody's Book of Mormon. What a, what a perfect bumper sticker verse, right? When ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God. And what does that sound like? Does it, does it sound familiar to anybody? And obviously, I'm going to make a point here. I'm going to go to Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And it's when we have this section where it says, what is the greatest commandment? It says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And then again in Matthew 25, just a page over, verse 45. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Well, in the other one, if you have done it, there's another way it says it. If you have done it to Lisa, you have done it to me. But that's the one I was also going to look at, that when we are in service to our fellow man, we're in service to God. And it's uh, confirmed in, in the gospel in Matthew. Those are the verses uh, in Matthew that I'm the most familiar with, that it teaches the same principle. And, and I like it. It's so uh, succinct, and it's a great bumper sticker verse here in the book of Mosiah. Moving to next, the next verse is verse, well, here we get into the, the disparity, right? My, I'm going to start with, I'm going to give you one take and I'm going to start reading some, some of the, I'm going to call them pink verses and they're, they're a little bit happier. And let me look at verses 52 and I'm going to read just parts of it, but you get a You get a slant this way. That's a much happier uh, viewpoint. Render all the thanks and praise which your whole souls hath power to possess to that God who hath created you and hath kept and preserved you. Ye should, and then I'm jumped down to 53. Ye should serve him who hath created you from the beginning and art preserving you from day to day by lending you breath that ye may live and move and do according to your own will and even supporting you from one moment to another. And all in verse 55, and all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments and he hath promised you that if you would keep his commandments, ye should prosper in the land. And verse 56, he, noth, he never doth vary from that which he hath said. Verse 57, he hath created you and granted unto you your lives for which ye are indebted unto him. And verse 58, he doth require that ye should do as he hath commanded, for which if ye do, he doth immediately bless you and therefore he hath paid you. So it's interesting how she just took these this viewpoint of king benjamin saying with it with a negative viewpoint saying even if you did this and this and this and this you would still be indebted to god and you couldn't you it wouldn't be enough but my wife said she she took these words out and she highlighted just the things that we should strive to do all those things Let's do all these parts that he said, even if you could. And, and her, I like her perspective is, well, let's try. Let's do all of those things. Let's serve him who hath created you from the beginning and, and render all the thanks and praise, which our whole souls hath power to possess to God who hath created you and hath kept and preserved you. And so she didn't look at, or she didn't highlight the negative aspects. She just kind of highlighted the things that were, she's, from her perspective, and I didn't discuss this with her. All I'm doing is looking at her Book of Mormon, and I like how it is highlighted in the activity, the activity that you can do, the action, the the uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for, the mindset of striving to do all these positive and, and give your utmost. When, as King Benjamin was saying this, it was almost rhetorical or hypothetical, but that's not her viewpoint. That's not how she highlighted it. And I'm just kind of humbled by that, that take that, uh, that hot take of highlighting just these things. And now let's try to do it. But what I had highlighted was different. It's like what I'm looking at this and I read it. I just like, no matter what I do, it's never going to be enough. And I am always indebted to God. And I'm always just never, I couldn't ever praise him or thank him or do enough because he's God and I'm made of dust. 
So I, I really think that's an interesting take. I, I really appreciate uh, how she highlighted those verses. So I'm kind of hoping if that motivates you and that encourages you, then by all means, take that point of view that, uh, that, th that is out there that you can strive to be that my, the way, the way I had it highlighted and read is, is different. And I just saw that no matter what I do, I'm going to come short and I'm always going to be indebted to God and I'm always just going to be dust. Right. But, uh, we don't have to have that perspective. You can, you can strive to be and do all that was said there in a hypothetical. And why not try to achieve that? Why not be and do all that he he's, his hypothetical is asking. But uh, that, that was just, uh, that was just one little snippet there. I thought it was interesting. All that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he has promised that if you keep his commandments, you should prosper in the land. So I look at that and it's my, the, the cynical side of me says, when I look at the, the people who, and you can't say this, right? You can't say, well, you are not prospering in the land. You must be sinning. That's the opposite. And, and part of me says the opposite must be true, right? We are in a land of opportunity. And if you work hard and try hard, and when I look at all the, the, all the doctors and, and, and the, the medical people in, in, in America, they all came from foreign countries, people who are looking for an opportunity and willing to work hard for it. They're from other countries, the people in America who have it all handed to them and don't, aren't willing to try hard because they're happy and contented. Those are the people who are not who are, or, and you can even take it to the, the nth degree and, and people who are contented to just be bums and take handouts. This is an America. You have so much opportunity and you are satisfied with being so much less than what you could be. It's just, uh, it's sickening. And we have this promise that if you follow God and keep his commandments, he will bless you. So it's, it's, uh, I, so I have a hard, a hard line or a hard stance on, on my, my, my viewpoints there. I shouldn't really politic that, but, but look, that's what it says, man. That's what that verse says. You will prosper in this land if you obey his commandments, but moving on verse 73, but oh, my people. Oh, this is good. This is good. Uh, so, uh, so I'll read the verse, but oh, my people beware lest there shall arise contentions among you and you list to obey the evil spirit. And I just stopped there. And the, so the first point of this, if, if contentions arise among you, so beware lest there shall arise contentions among you. And when that happens, when you see contention, be careful you do not obey the evil spirit. That's, that's what I'm grabbing from that snippet there, that, that, that section of verse. When you see contention in the church of Christ or when arrive, arriving, arising up in, in our people, and I'm, I'm referring to the church of Christ, be careful you do not list to obey the evil spirit. And it's a warning. And it's it's so easy to have contention and then follow the wrong spirit and take yourself away. Because the rest of this chapter is somebody who's fallen away. There was a contention and they followed the evil spirit and they fell away from the gospel. And, and the, the sec next two pages are about those people. <clears throat> Verse 76, I say unto you, that there are not any among you except it be your little children. Now there's a point. He talks about little children several times here. And this is, this, he's saying that have not been taught concerning these things, but what knoweth that you are eternally indebted to your heavenly father. So we hit the indebted to God eternally. And we also see that little children are, are innocent. And the, here's the first hint of that. And I'm going to go to, Boy, we could just keep reading from 77 through to both pages. And again, there's a lot of different points you can try to pull out. One is more positive. But when I read this, I see a, a, a warning for, for choosing the negative. I'm going to read 79 through 84. And now I say unto you, my brethren, that after ye have known and have been taught all these things, if ye should transgress and go contrary to that which has been spoken that ye do withdraw yourselves from the spirit of the Lord, that it may have no place in you to guide you in wisdom's path, that ye may be blessed, prospered, and preserved. I say unto you that the man that doeth this, 
The same cometh out in open rebellion against God. Therefore he listeth to obey the evil spirit and becometh an enemy to all righteousness. This is talking back to that verse 73. When you have contention and then, and you've known righteousness, you've known what is good, and yet you, you choose, you choose the wrong path. You choose the evil spirit to follow. I don't know. To me, it seems like the next step would be pride and you're not humbling yourself and you're not, you're unyielding and you have a, a you, you, you can separate yourself. Therefore, the Lord hath no pla- has no place in him, for he dwells not in unholy temples. That's a scary thought. Therefore, if that man repenteth not and remaineth and dieth an enemy to God, an enemy to God, man, those are hard words. The demands of divine justice doth awaken his immortal soul to a lively sense of his own guilt, which doth cause him to shrink from the presence of the Lord. Do you hear what's happening? Like, you have chosen because of a content and, and I'm making, I'm painting this picture here that because of contention that shall arise among you and you list to obey the evil spirit, you're separating yourselves to be contrary to what has been spoken and you transgress. Um, um, uh, I'm t- now I'm quoting 79, all these things and you place that the spirit has no place in you to guide you and you're not prospered and you're not blessed and you're not preserved that means you're coming out in open rebellion against God. You're, what did it say? You shrink from his presence. You are withdrawing. It's not, so, it's not just him uh, not dwelling in unholy temples, but now you are withdrawing because it becomes more and more uncomfortable for you to, to choose to hold on to that evil and still be around and take part in this gospel of Christ. You're going to separate yourself. And pain and anguish, which is like an unquenchable fire whose flames ascend forever and ever is the end result. That's how I, that's what I see in the lesson here. And it all started with contention among you and you listeth to obey the evil spirit. So it, it, that's how it started. So as soon as you see contention somewhere, stop, you got to stop. You got to stop and reevaluate, refocus, humble yourself and, and first get rid of contention and then let's try to move forward. And if we can't, then let's let's just stop because contention is what's going to cause the beginning of this separation. And so th- that's where I see it. You can't just hide from it. You're going to have to deal with it. But let's not do it in a contentious way. Let's do it with love, right? Let's do it with, let's get to the bottom of this, knowing that we all care about each other's well-beings and your soul's salvation. We cannot do it the wrong way because it won't work. Um, so let's mo- keep moving on. There's another thought here in verse 85 in 88, 89 and 90. And now I say unto you that mercy hath no claim on that man. Therefore his final doom is to endure a never ending torment. So what the end of it then is that mercy, b- b- there's justice and there's mercy. And, and part of it is you are, are his divine, the demands of divine ju- justice doth awaken his immortal soul to a lively sense of his own guilt as in verse 83. And because of justice within yourself, you separate yourself with guilt and then mercy can't claim you. Does that sound like a tool of Satan that your guilt condemns you? And so you separate yourself. And now since you've done that, God's mercy can't work on it. It cannot step in and claim you once you have, allowed the demands of divine justice within your own soul to separate you with your guilt. And so I kind of see steps there and and I see how that works. And so you've got to, uh, you know, repent. You've got to let go of guilt. You've got to take steps forward every, you know, every day is a new day, a new beginning. I I just uh, uh, had to, to discipline my child and it was painful for everybody involved, especially my, my son. And in the next morning though, it was amazing. You just, hi dad. And, it, and, and he's, he's, it's off gone. We've slept since then and now it's gone. And so every day is new and you can take new steps the next day and the next day and, and, and start over. And forgiveness is like that. So stop condemning yourself with guilt. You've got to overcome it and take a step forward towards God. Otherwise, his mercy cannot claim you, uh, has no acclaim on that man. Uh, let's go to verse 88. And moreover, I would desire that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. 
For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. And if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven, that thereby they may dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. So the, you got to paint that part of the picture too. If you're going to dwell on the, the consequences of sin, I'm glad that he also shows the, the rewards for righteousness. Let's go to page 216. I like verse 97. It's funny. I'm, I'm so glad that I had my wife's uh, Book of Mormon here. She had 97. What I like about this, and I never, it never occurred to me. For behold, the time cometh and is not far distant that with power, the Lord omnipotent who reigneth, which was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay. It's saying the time is not far distant. Well, this was a prophecy given 124 years before Christ. <laughs> and so the angels say, hey, it's not far now. And so it gives you a little perspective. That's what I like about this verse is to God, 190, you know, 124 BC is not far distant from the return of Christ. And they had this prophecy and it was revealed to King Benjamin. I don't know. That, that part was just interesting to me. Let's go to verse 101. For behold, Blood cometh from every poor, so great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. Talking about Christ, and I, there's a cross-reference to Luke twenty-two forty-four. I'm going to try to read that real quick. Um, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So we have the Gospels confirming what we see in the Book of Mormon of this prophecy. I like in verse 111, I just underlined and types and we see him constantly signs, wonders and shadows, shadows and types. I like that it actually showed types and this was not an unfamiliar ideology or, or, or perspective that the, the law of Moses was a type of Christ. And we see that a lot in the scriptures and they understood it in the book of Mormon. I have another Bible reference. Let's see. Galatians three. Oh, I don't mark. I didn't mark it. Oh, I had it in Luke 16. So there's there's one in Galatians 3, 24 through 26, which is a good one. And then also Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. So that goes with verse 113. And yet they hardened their hearts and understood not that the law of Moses availeth nothing except it were through the atonement of his blood. So we, we see here in the book of Mormon that it's confirming the law of Moses as a type where we were just discussing types, but we see that the law of Moses has its purpose until, and we, and in the cross reference in Luke is that once Christ comes, it's fulfilled. And, and so I like putting that reference to Luke 16, 16 there. And then also Galatians chapter three, verses 24 through 26 is good. And then the next verse is 116. And moreover, I say unto you that there shall be no other name given, nor any other way nor means whereby salvation can come unto the children of men, only in and through the name of Christ the Lord omnipotent. Now there's two references here. I've picked one in John 14:6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's John 14:6. But there's another one in Acts that it's, it's, I think it's in most of your, if it's a 1990 edition, you probably have this already. Uh, be it known unto you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That that ties it in pretty closely. <laughs> it's almost word for word. We talked earlier about children being innocent. I have highlighted in verse 117, the infant perisheth not that dieth in his infancy. It's pretty clear that that the the children the ba God loves uh, children and the innocent babies. They are they belong to Christ, and He is He is claiming them as His own. 
and then turn the page. We have the the verse that everybody is familiar with. Everybody's heard this preached. Um, for the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever in verse 119. The next thing I have is verse 121. And moreover, I say unto you that the time shall come when the knowledge of a Savior shall spread throughout every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And behold, when that time cometh, none shall be found blameless before God. And then here it is again, except it be little children, only through repentance and faith on the name of the Lord God omnipotent. King Benjamin understood this. He said it three times now, referring to little children and they're innocent and they are blameless before God. And let's go to verse 124, 125, and 126. And now I have spoken the words which the Lord God hath commanded me. And thus saith the Lord, they shall stand as a bright testimony against this people at the judgment day, whereof they shall be judged every man according to his works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. So we have this proclamation of King Benjamin and he had it written and he had it disseminated through his kingdom. It was important, these words. And he was told by God, by an angel, to to share this. And he and he's saying, I am not going to the grave until I get this out, because this is not the blood of the my people is not coming back on me. And he's declaring it. We will be judged by these teachings of King Mosiah, of, of King Benjamin here in the book of in the first chapter of Mosiah. These are important words. These are um, these are tenets and, and the tenor of this, uh, how we are indebted to God and we are, I'm flipping through pages, um, the theme of it. I just, I just love, I just, it was a great sermon. I wish it would have been wonderful to be there and hear this sermon. And he's, you know, we have men around us and among us who, who are coming to the, the end of their days. And I just kind of, I re- revere them the same way I, I, without knowing King Benjamin, I, I kind of know him, and I think he. I see a lot of King Benjamin in some of the leaders of our our locals, um, and so that's kind of how I think of this: is the last words of of the dying king, and what what powerful words they were. And so that wraps up chapter one, and the, it's interesting because chapter one they, it's called King Benjamin's Proclamation. Chapter two is King Benjamin's speech, they call it. It's called in the in the headers. And chapter three is a covenant. So you get sort of a, a byproduct of the first two. Is the, so it's the proclamation, the speech, and then the covenant. So that's how we're going to remember these three chapters. The next chapter is the first one, the proclamation is just one person kind of a proclamation as a declaration of an important announcement. And what we'll see in the speech, King, King Benjamin's speech, is that there's kind of a back and forth. There's a, almost a conversation. And then the results of it is chapter 3, which is the covenant. And then we'll see in chapter 4 that King Benjamin's uh, portion of the Book of Mormon is, ends. And we're going to, I think he's a great, great, uh, he was a great king. He was a great uh, elder statesman and, and uh, servant king and one of the uh, best and my favorite figures in the Book of Mormon. And when I listen, I can softly hear you say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I Oh